This is Lit Squad. Hi, I'm Mark Brody. What books students have access to and what those books are about has become a big topic of conversation over the last couple of years. More and more school districts are facing challenges from parents and other community members who want certain books out of classrooms or libraries. It was that kind of incident that led Amy Sarah King to write her latest novel, Attack of the Black Rectangles. My conversation with King begins with what specifically influenced her to write this book. Well, um, real life was the inspiration for this book. My, um, my child came home from school uh, in 2018 with a book that was, had two sentences uh, or two areas crossed out in Sharpie marker. And at first I thought it was just silly because he said, somebody crossed some words out in my book, you know? And I said, oh, well, then was it pen or pencil? Um, and it turned out it was the entire set, class set. And um, I wanted to get to the bottom of it. I, and I had an experience in doing that. And then I wanted to write about it because I guess that's how writers do things, right? That's how we live. We write books to try and figure out why. So did you ever get to the bottom of what happened in your son's school? Like why, why that happened? Mm, I did. And that's certainly what the book reflects on, you know. Um, I got to the bottom of, of why it happened. I did not, I was not able though. I, was, I came in at first with all the solutions, a new set of books offered from the publisher and, and a way to get rid of the censored books offered by my local independent books, bookstore. Um, but they just weren't interested in that. They, they really were more interested in kind of letting me know that I was kind of kooky for thinking that maybe, you know, this shouldn't be done. So this is obviously a very hot topic of conversation right now in terms of what students should and should not be reading, what they should have access to or not, what should or should not be in school libraries or in school classrooms. How do you try to take that on in a book like this? Because obviously you have a very strong perspective on this. And I guess, how do you try to take that on in in a book like this for this particular audience? Well, I mean... First, we have to understand that the book takes on more than just intellectual freedom ideas, okay? And and the same, you know, we'll say the same type of censorship that I experienced, um, or my, really my son experienced. Um, it 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 talks about all kinds of different things, family, friendship, things like this. But I think the the number one thing that I do, um, as well as my colleagues who write for young people, is that we're always trying to remind young people that their voices are important and their feelings are important um, and their experiences are important. Um, Oftentimes when we see this rise, uh, especially at the moment, a rise in very specific um, literature being targeted, that um, oftentimes that reflects onto people who, who are being written about, okay? Let's use the LGBTQ community as an example. If you're trying to eradicate books about that topic, that gives a clear message to young people who identify that way, that they are not wanted, welcome, or normal. And that is not a nice way to treat young people. There are many different types of young people. And when we are trying to help children or protect children or educate children and teach children critical thinking skills, we have to remember that the word children is a plural. And so we really do need to consider people who um, whose experiences we don't understand or even really know about yet. Um, and we have to leave room for that. Well, what do you find are the best ways to help encourage young adults to find their voice and to use it? Well, one of the first things is reading, um, because oftentimes, I know that's where I found mine. I found my voice in the, the fiction of, of other authors, 
So when I was young, I could see myself in a book or I could see my experience reflected in a book. And that helped me find my voice and be be more confident, right, to speak my truth. And it's, it really is about the truth when it comes down to it, Mark. Um, you know, and, and if, it, if, if we boil it right down to a soundbite, well, lying to children is wrong. Obviously, you know, as we talked about, kids are all different, right? You know, no, no two are alike. And some clearly feel more comfortable, you know, speaking at a school board meeting and some may be more comfortable sending out something on social media, things like that. Is there a place for all different kinds of expression when it comes to, you know, trying to make your voice heard on an issue that is of importance to you or to your community? Well, I would say all places. I mean, I was a journaler as a young person. No one ever heard or saw that, but that helped me grow, you know. Um, and I owe that to a teacher who made us journal, even though I had a terrible attitude about it in school. And I thought this was the dumbest thing I'd ever been assigned. It actually really grew me as a person. So, I mean, honestly, the first step is is encouraging expression. And then after that, you know, I encourage young people to work for the things that they are most passionate about. Same as me. Were there specific books when you were growing up that really encouraged you and, and showed you the way to speak up for what you believe in? Yeah, um, there were. And it's funny, I was on a radio show in Tucson. So uh, only earlier this year talking about my favorite book um, by Paul Zindel. So he was an author for young adults um, and published largely in the 70s. Uh, and, and there was something about how honest he was. And I think that's the thing. It's, it's a matter of sort of, you know, what you pull from a book is what you pull from a book. Someone's going to pull something different every time. Right. So everybody's going to have a different feel. But the, if a book for if a, if a character encourages you to reach inside and then speak out, you know, that that's the win. So for me, it was Paul Zendel. Absolutely. And, and I can't tell you exactly why, other than he was unflinchingly honest and he didn't lie about the adults that surrounded the characters, you know, the setting, the, the feel, you know, the, the, the foundation of the community, you know. Um, and so that idea that, that, you know, these are the best years of your life and you should be enjoying yourself and all these things that young people hear while they're also navigating actually quite difficult things the way we all did when we were young um, and we seem to have forgotten about, right? You know, a book can often show you, oh, I'm not the first one to have this difficulty and then give you the courage to speak up. Well, given the fact that your latest book is you know, basically telling the story of something that happened in your community. I'm wondering what kind of response you're expecting, you know, around where you live uh, when this book comes out. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know what I would hope. That's all I can tell you. I don't know how other people are going to react to because do we ever. Right. But I would hope that people see me as a compassionate person, which is what I am, who cares very much about the well-being of young people. And that's really it. I just want to start conversations with them and help them um, embrace that they can absolutely solve problems and they can absolutely speak out about their own problems, um, community problems, these sorts of things, and be taken seriously. That was author Amy Sarah King. I'm Mark Brody, your host for the Lit Squad podcast. If you like this episode, subscribe and leave a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Lit Squad is a KJZZ original production. It was produced by Sativa Peterson. Until next time, thanks for listening.